The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link, alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. Shout out to New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E for the song Comb Over, our intro this season. James, we're going to be looking ahead to September call-ups, your latest Farm Futures piece, September call-up candidates. Also grading Easy e who, you know, short window, but, I mean, what what an impact. 
Yeah, no doubt. I actually had to double check to make sure we hadn't graded him because I think we've graded like all the guys kind of in close proximity to him. I think we graded NWA. We've, we've graded we NWA and we've graded Dre and we've graded Ice Cube and we've graded uh, you know a guy like Snoop Dogg who's kind of in that same sort of mold. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's it's about time we got to Easy. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, looking ahead to these September call-ups should be fun. Uh, you know, predicting call-ups over the first five months is difficult. You kind of refer to it as an abstract activity. Definitely a lot of factors in here, but definitely teams can cast a wider net here in September. Being on the 40-man is huge, but uh, if you're off the 40-man, that doesn't necessarily preclude you from from coming up in September, right? No, it doesn't, but I, I, like, I just wanted to really kind of drive home the point that the first thing you should be looking for when you're trying to figure out is this guy going to get called up in September is whether or not they're on the 40 man, because in, you know, 95% of cases, I think that that does shut the door or open the door. Like if a guy's on the 40 man, then that there's going to be a serious conversation about bringing him up. If he's not on the 40 man in a lot of cases, that just ends the discussion right there. Uh, there are the exceptions to that. Uh, Corey Seager last year, uh, a good example of a guy that was a September call up who was not on the 40 man, but I think there were, you know, kind of the perfect storm of circumstances there that sort of led to that being the right time for him to come up. I think a lot of times teams want their prospects to finish out the year in the minor leagues, uh, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, teams actually do value in, in some, some instances, if, if a player's on a double A AA or triple A team that's contending for, for that league title, they, they value that player being involved in, in that push and not necessarily taking him off of that team and hurting that team's chances because they like the guys kind of experiencing uh, winning to some extent. Uh, also, if there's just a desperate need and the only option really in the system is a guy who's not on the 40 man and you're a contending team, then uh, it makes sense to add that guy to the 40 man roster. And I think Seager kind of fit the, fit the mold in, in both of those, uh, both of those scenarios last year for the Dodgers. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's, there's some cases too where a guy, you know, has to be added in November anyway for Rule 5 protection, so they'll just go ahead and add him, bump sure. somebody else, and bring him up for a little bit of experience, but mainly ride the bench right, a yeah. lot of those times. I mean, it's the, there's definitely some instances where it happens, but, uh, you know, another if, you, if you're looking at a guy maybe on a non-contender, if he's not on the 40-man, I mean, that's that's almost 99% of the time they're they're not coming up because what's the point, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You look at the Brewers and the Braves. They brought up Orlando Garcia and Dansby Swanson. They didn't have to do that. They they could have waited till September, but they wanted those guys up. And you know, what's the point in waiting till September when you can get them up and get them a, a bit more experience? Uh, I think both those guys are examples of players that weren't quite ready to come up and were brought up uh, kind of as a tool to help them sort of learn what they need to work on or in, in Swanton's case, kind of to throw a bone to the fans as, as a reason to kind of pay attention to the team down the stretch. Well, let's take a look at some of these non 40 men candidates. You, you wrote about them kind of at the bottom of your article, buried the lead a little bit, as you said there, but uh, let's get to some of these guys and then jump back up to the top. And Yoan Moncada is a guy that you, you said to me yesterday that you're coming around to the idea of him getting that September call up. He's been playing a little bit at third recently with the, uh, or down in the minors, is that where he's going to be if and when he comes up this year? Yeah, I mean, the writing, I think, is on the wall. It's it's only been on the wall for about a week now. Because he was dealing with that ankle thing. Right, and he's 
he's looked really good since he's come back from that. He's now played, I think, four games at third base. The The Red Sox third baseman are third worst in baseball in terms of production since the All-Star break. It just it's an ob- it's kind of obvious what they're doing. They're they're lining Moncada up to to take over at third base for them. You know they brought up Andrew Benintendi to fill a need. I don't really look at Moncada as being any further behind than than Benintendi was in terms of being able to to hit big league pitching right away and make a make a big impact. So it just and they're right there in the thick. I mean that's a pretty tight division. Yeah. to create some separation. And and to me he's. If, if there's one name you take away from this article, I think it, it should be Mancata because he's the type of guy you could add right now uh, that could carry you to a title, much like a guy like Corey Seager did last year. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I mean, I'm sure same case with you, but I mean, Mancata hasn't been available in any of my leagues uh, for a while now, so it doesn't really help me at all. But uh, if you're in and, – and most of those leagues, they're either really deep or – there's a keeper aspect to, to where he'd be owned for for that reason so i mean if you're in some single season leagues though i could see a, a scenario where, where there's no keeper aspect where Moncada might be available and uh, the time to grab him would be right now so you can't add a guy though until he's officially called up like some of the leagues were in together you're going to shell out the rest of your your fab budget for a guy like Moncada? do you think he's gonna have that kind of an impact well i mean no doubt i mean there's there's no there's nobody else you know there's nobody else coming that would be worth that kind of a, mm. a shell out unless you're just really unless pitching's like the only thing that matters to you uh, then maybe you use that on a guy like Jose De Leon who we're going to talk about in a second but uh, if you're just looking for impact on the hitting side and that and those are the league parameters and you have fab left over there's nobody else there's nobody else coming so you might, might as well blow it on Mancata. Yeah, in stake league I picked up Mancata a couple weeks ago for 0 bucks dropped uh randall gritchick though so that was really hurting me for a while but now i'm feeling a little bit better about it because makata can add some some speed and maybe some power here and there look gritchick's the type of guy that uh i've cut bay with him in a few places this year and it it stung at certain points since then but it's been more me just kind of kind of you know wiping my hands with a smile on my face than than anything else. spite drop is always fun and that was really (laughs) what it came to uh, after a dismal showing and then trip to the minors, holding out some hope, then he did come back and like you know have like what six ex- extra base hits and six games or something like that. But uh, yeah, not a guy I really feel great about in the starting spot in, in most leagues. Jose De Leon, as you mentioned, it looks like he's you know about to come up a little bit ahead of schedule. Uh, September call up, I would think, would be in the cards, even though he's not on the forty man. I think they will add him for Saturday because they need a starter for Scott Casimir. Yeah, I mean this is a this is a team that has just been really ravished by injuries, and the they're going to have some their forty man maneuvering is going to be more complicated than than that of some other teams mm. and because of those injuries. But yeah, I mean I think DeLeon's ready. I think he's probably been ready for for a little bit here now, but they they have had some healthy options now they're really kind of pushed into this uh, decision back-to-back 10 strikeout no walk Mm. games for him I mean he's just totally dealing right now so took a no-no into the seventh on Monday yeah this is another guy that's not not available in a single one of my leagues so I mean I think that that might be the case Uh, I mean if if you're in a competitive league I I mean I'm in a 10 team league that he has been rostered in for about a month now so I mean it it's 
if he if he's out there, grab him because he he won't be out there for long. Yeah, I picked him up last night in a ten team NL only. I was shocked that he was there. I got a text about a minute later from a guy who said a, he was waiting up until like two a.m. for like the day to officially switch sure. over on Yahoo so that he could drop a guy who played on whatever Wednesday or right. Tuesday. Pretty insane, but I feel fortunate to get him. Guy that I'm going to deploy right away. Let's move on and talk about Carlos Gomez. Signed a minor league deal with the Rangers after his unceremonious exit from Houston. Is he a guy that could come up and play a pretty regular role on a, on a competing team, do you think? Yeah, because I, I look at that depth chart and you factor in the, the Shinsu Chu injury, and I think that there's going to be a bats there, and especially the fact that he profiles just fine in center field. I think he's... Even if he's just mediocre, I think he's better than Delano to Shields. Mm-hmm. Uh, something about this fit, kind of, I, I kind of like it. Like I, I think you get Gomez in that that clubhouse with guys like Elvis Andrews and Adrian Beltre, and uh, just a really loose team. Have, uh, I get think, him having some fun again. Yeah, I think he, I think he thrive. Like it, to me, with Gomez, it's all about you know, what's going on mentally with him and, and him being kind of focused at the plate at the plate and not trying to do too much. And I think a lot of that can just be based on the environment you're in and, you know, how comfortable you are in, in the clubhouse and stuff like that. And, and how comfortable you are among your, your teammates and your manager to not try to do too much in, in every bad. And I, I still think, I mean, you, you can't tell me that at, at his age that it's just all gone. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it it might be hard for him to get it back, but I still think he can get it back. And I think there's a chance that it could happen in September with the Rangers. And if you're just kind of looking at other options, you know, outfield options that could come up, even even like prospects and, and highly touted ones at that, I think there's just as good a chance that Gomez does something solid over the last month as, as any of these prospects. And I think he's got just as easy of a, a path to playing time. Yeah, make Carlos Gomez great again. I would like to see it, see him have some fun, and look how that reclamation project uh, in Ian Desmond worked out for yeah, the Rangers. It could for sure. be a similar, similar storyline for Gomez. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, what he he left has left in the tank because I don't think he's been healthy over the no. past couple of years, and that's probably not going to change. But if he's able to maybe recoup some value. Uh, and should it, land a, maybe a major league deal in the offseason. And he's hit rock bottom, you know, mm-hmm. so the whole like him pressing because of the contract and everything like that, there's really nothing he can do yep. from here on out to hurt his uh, free agent stock. So, I mean, it, I feel like he should be able to just play kind of loose and uh, that could work out for the Rangers. Expected to join the major league club on Thursday. So he'll arrive a little bit ahead of schedule uh, in terms of arriving before roster expansion. Bradley Zimmer, high K rate at triple A 35.4%. Also not on the 40-man, as uh, this is the case with the other guys we've discussed so far. But do you see a, maybe a, a chance he's added to this Indians 40-man comes up and maybe log some big at-bats at off the bench in September? Yeah, I think the the approach is a, is a huge issue, but I think if you just platoon him and, and play him just against righties, in September, I think he could be be an upgrade for them. I mean, the outfield they've they've gotten some kind of random awesome performances from guys like Rajai Davis and Tyler Naquin this season, and and even a guy like Lonnie Chisenhall seems to be playing uh, much better than I would have expected. But I mean, to me, Zimmer's more talented than all those guys. 
just a, a nice power speed combo can play all three outfield positions. I think that, and I'm not going to say that he will be up, but he's certainly one of the, the few names worth keeping an eye on that aren't on the 40 man that, that could be up because the team's contending and he could make them better right away. Hunter Renfro's a guy I think a lot of people have been expecting to come up for a while. Some even expecting him to come up before September, just after they you know, traded Matt Kemp, traded B.J. Upton. I've seen a lot of people kind of get on you like, James, what about Hunter Renfro? But you're just adamant that you don't believe the hit tool is going to play. He's not going to produce enough to be a viable fantasy option, especially not down the stretch this year. Am I right? Well, like he, he's got enough power that if he does get the call and they play him every day, he could be – you know, he could hit seven or eight homers in September and really generate a, a ton of hype going into the offseason. To me, like the best case scenario with Renfro long term is is kind of a Randall Gritchick type type of uh package in terms of the, the production you're gonna be getting. I think it helps him that he's in San Diego and that I don't think he'll be jerked around at all uh come next year. Uh I think he'll be allowed to play every day, but you know, I, I think I just think there's a there's a just as big of a chance that if he does get the call, he bats like 190 and strikes out like 40 times in September. So I I just I think people should pump the brakes a little bit on this whole like you know we need Hunter Renfro to get called up. I mean, he might push you down the standings if, if you're <laughs> playing him every day. Like it's not a lock. That Hell he's stash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a lock that he's uh, going to save the day for your squad. What about Ozzy Albies? We saw Dansby Swanson come up. He's not really playing all that much, though. He's sat against uh, some tough right-handers and they're really going here. Do you see Ozzy Albies coming up? And, you know, that's obviously the middle infield tandem they expect to have long-term holding down in the middle there. Uh, but do you think maybe they get some, some more opportunities to work together down the stretch? You know, the last two guys, Ozzy Albies and Josh Hader, I, I would bet against them coming up, but I, I think that they deserve being mentioned just because of, you know, Albies because the Braves have gone out of their way to say that he's not that far behind Swanson and the fact that they already called up Swanson. Uh, you know, I could see from a marketing standpoint them wanting to be able to tell their fans, hey, we're our opening day double play combo is going to be Ozzy Albies and Dansby Swanson next year. Uh, yeah, come if, to the new ballpark. Right. If you're if you're gonna have Albies on the opening day roster next year, you might as well bring him up in September because it doesn't really hurt you in terms of uh, team control or anything like that. Uh, I I don't I don't see an, an argument from it from a baseball standpoint, but I mean maybe from a marketing standpoint that that's all it really takes. And in that case, you know there aren't many middle infielders coming up. Uh, that could make an impact at all, really. So he he's one of the few guys that, even if he's not hitting much, uh, could still be a, a solid source of speed. So those are the non-40-man candidates uh, in the running for a September call. Not many. A lot of guys on the 40-man, intriguing prospects that we will get to. One guy I didn't mention, just because I don't think he's coming up, but, I mean, people probably have been stashing some places as Jesse Winker. You agree with me that he's, he's not coming up? No, he's not coming right. up. The Reds have... No reason to do that, and they've been hesitant to to bring their prospects up lately. Anyway, I mean, <laughs> yeah. at all. I mean, we'll, we'll touch. On we that. saw what Jose Praz has been doing yeah. since he uh, came up. Uh, and I can't play him. I honestly think that dude just bullies Brian Price. Yeah. Uh, just takes the lineup off the page and say, "Hey, I'm playing today." Skip just punks his ass. But <laughs> quick remi- uh, word from our sponsor: Do you need a website 
Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy and that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. James, if you miss out on a Gary Sanchez type, uh, too bad for you because, my God, what he's doing. But say you're really hurting. I, I didn't miss out on him. I got got plenty of Gary Sanchez. Yeah, got him nice. I got one share, and that's like putting me over the top in the league I have him in. What a, it's been great. What a stud. Yeah. Especially at that catcher position where there's like – Eight net positive players. Right. And he's, I should even, I mean, I should look at this. What do you, I mean, he's probably like a borderline top yeah. 10 catcher. In terms of earned value. Right <laughs> yeah. Insane. But say you're, you know, really hurting at that second catcher spot. You, you list some guys who could help owners down the stretch. Tom, start with Tom Murphy because he was a guy that was a fixture on the, your, your sheer, sheer buying potential squad. Am I right? Oh, yeah. For, dude. for several months. I mean, uh, my, uh, my stake league squad, you know, we, we could even get into the travesty that is the, the upcoming stake league. Hey, dinner. I've been there too. Well, might, might be yeah. looking at a five o'clock start time, a matinee Oof. dinner, Oof. Um, which is not ideal, but less than ideal. Uh, you know, especially for the guys coming in from out of town and the, the guys who don't have to buy a stake. Yeah. I, on the other hand, locked up a, a, a spot among the buyers. Uh, a prominent spot among the buyers, <laughs> thanks to uh, you know, I had Tom Murphy and Gary Sanchez in my lineup there for for quite some time because uh, I just you know didn't. I mean, you could have been taking negatives there. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I did for a while there with uh, Travis Darno before he got hurt, um, but then but then I got uh you know I got Wilson Contreras, Darno and. Damn. And, and I, Gary Sanchez? And I well, no, uh, cuz I managed to uh <laughs> cut ties with Sanchez once I once I Ouch. solidified my backstops there uh with Contreras and Darno. <laughs> so <laughs> I was able to was able to cut ties with him. Uh but honestly, catcher is one of the better positions I think if if you're just looking to grab a September call up and and get some production relative to the position. Uh Tom Murphy has like a 1000 OPS at AAA this year. Obviously it's the PCL. He's plenty old for the level. I think he's 25, but he'd be playing in an advantageous spot in the big leagues too. And he's, he's shown power before in the big leagues. He's shown power at, at every recent stop. So I, I think that's legitimate. Uh, it'd be Nick an, Hundley has like a 713 OPS. The, you know, they're starting basically zeros at catcher right now. Mm-hmm. And Murphy might represent a, a downgrade defensively, but you know why not play him? You know at least three days a week, and and maybe he gets hot and and plays his way into a bit of a bigger role in the final couple of weeks. Uh, this is a guy that could legitimately hit you six homers from the catcher spot in September, and uh, that's that's tough to come by. Yeah, absolutely. Especially again at that second catcher spot. Hell, even the first catcher. I mean, I know it's been a real struggle. I've I've been lucky with Grandall getting hot lately, but he was a net negative for 
first three months. Mm-hmm. He's really dug himself out of that hole, but uh, really hard to find find positive players at that position. Austin Hedges, Andrew Susak, Austin Barnes also listed here. I was excited for Susak to get another opportunity or a, a fresh start rather with the Brewers after the trade from San Francisco, but he's currently hurt right now. Do you see him coming up? I mean, it's. I think he'll be up once he's healthy. It's a no bleak injury. Hard to say when that'll be. Uh, and then even when he's back, you know, he might still be a little bothered by it. I wouldn't. Definitely got to keep an eye on. I wouldn't expect much tangible production from him over the rest of the season. But I think with a with a good spring training, he could work his way into being the starter for them uh, next season. Hedges is actually a guy. I'm I'm really interested to see what hedges does when he comes up because he's been crushing it in the PCL uh, way, way more offensive production than I think anyone ever expected from him at any level. Um, even though it's been a favorable hitting environment for him. And obviously we all know about the defense. So if he can just kind of give like a, a, you know, a sliver of hope that he can hit big league pitching here in September, I could see him being kind of a trendy guy in drafts next year. Cause they obviously aren't that high on Derek Norris they they're so low on Christian Betancourt that he's been playing a lot of right field lately. Um, just seems like Hedges could play his way into a, a spot where people are talking about him next March. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it is the the PCL and all those caveats apply, but six oh seven slugging percentage right now. Yeah, nineteen doubles, eighteen homers. That's and, that's damn impressive. You know, like we've said, it's we're not. You're, nobody's asking for much in terms of your offensive production from catcher in the no. big leagues. So like, even if you just scale it all the way back and say like, Oh, he's going to hit like two forty-five and like 20 homers over a full season. You'll take that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, you'll, you'll happily take that. So it's, it's just uh, going to be interesting to kind of see what he does. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on to first base slash DH. Swaggy V Dan Vogelbach in the mix after a slow start with Tacoma. He has started to heat up after arriving from the Cubs on the forty man, so I, you know, I really do think he will be playing a lot in first base, especially with you know Deho Lee now sent down, just you know, not getting a ton of production there. Lind is, has been okay, I suppose, but uh, I really don't see Vogelbach even when he does come up. I think that's kind of uh, a wise assumption at this point. I don't really see him playing all that much to be impactful outside of really deep leagues. Yeah, no, I I think both these guys, Vogelbach and Kenise Vargas are kind of in the same boat in that on a per plate appearances, they both could be productive, but I think you're right. It's, it's really hard to just assume that they're going to be playing a ton because why wouldn't they've already been up if that yeah. was going to be the case, you know? So I, I think maybe obviously either guy could get super hot and force their way into a bigger share of the job. But I, I think, you know, two or three starts a week is probably what, what you can expect. What have your takeaways been in regard to Vargas? Because he was a guy that I've never really been high on, but he had a nice little stretch there for a while. Uh, Twins, you know, really got to see what he's made of here, I think, over the final few weeks. Do you think he's a guy that, you know, maybe in a league like our 18 team uh, or 17 team stake league could be useful? I mean, this dude was just hitting bombs pretty much every time he was in the lineup. Uh, All he would hit was a bomb, but like he. You know, 318 ISO, 955 ops on the year. To me, I was never a Young Ho Park guy. I think I was probably the lowest lowest guy on him here. And a, a reason for that is, like, he's basically just Kenny Vargas. Like, he just sure. signed another Kenny Vargas that 
you don't really have anywhere to play because Miguel Sano's a DH. Uh, that's going to be the problem with Vargas. If I knew he's going to play every day, I'd love to add him in tons of formats because mm-hmm. you, you're going to get kind of Chris Carter esque production from him. I think. But you just can't trust the Twins to play anyone on a no. on a regular basis. That we're gonna get to Byron Buxton in a bit here. I just I don't know what they're gonna do with him either. You can't. There's nothing that supports the idea that they're gonna do the right thing with regards to to playing their young players uh, nope. on a regular basis. So I, I just even think, when they're completely out of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> nothing to to do except evaluate talent. Don't want to do that. No. Nope. <laughs> Are they the dumbest organization in in baseball, or is it the Reds? There's another one too, the uh, Diamondbacks. I'd throw the Mets in there too. That <laughs> might be the that might be the the big four. The big four. Um, yeah. Reds are certainly making some power moves down there, dude, Try, trying I, to lead the bunch. I think the honestly, I think I might. The Twins, I think, frustrate me the most yeah. of of all of them, and I think part of that is the uh, kind of the the riches they've been given in terms of talent and just the decisions they've made with it over the years um and just their i mean one kind of common theme with with those teams is they just have stuck with um really uh i think of the right adjective to describe their managers but i mean paul molitor is just lame duck he's such a such a simpleton such an old (laughs) an old school guy that is like what what team do you think you're coaching like yeah. what? What is this team you think you're coaching? Where sitting Byron Buxton two or three days a week is a good idea? Like what's yeah. what's the point? Like, well, we need it? a speedy young outfielder to spark us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, <laughs> gosh, oh man. Um, you know, yeah, they, they're the most frustrating. Maybe the Diamondbacks are the dumbest. The Diamondbacks are the dumbest in terms of player acquisition. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the, twi- the Twins, man. I we could do a whole pod on just how annoying they've been but yeah like you can't count on them to play Kenny Vargas even even twice a week I think might be a stretch uh because that you know they've got some veterans they gotta gotta get their at bats to and yeah you gotta get those vets at those at bats <laughs> who was the Diamondbacks player who we heard talked about at the fall league I think he was even there who like oh, left Yo- the team Yoan Lopez yeah Yoan Lopez and they like doubled up his pay just by mistake or something or they paid they, that tax well they didn't realize that they by had to signing pay the dollar him for dollar. that it was going to keep him out of the next two international markets or the next two J2 signing yeah. periods. They didn't know that they were going to get the double tax. They uh, they paid like 10, t- or 10 times as much as like any other team was going to pay. Like Keith Law did a, a great breakdown on why that whole uh, front office needs to get the can. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, can it's kind of crazy Like because we have – all these teams hiring these like super smart yeah. guys and all these teams doing all these super smart things. And you just can't quite get all the teams to join <laughs> that, that movement. Nope. There's always going to be a few that uh, do things their way and, and kind of kind of play by their own rules. Yeah. Talk about playing by your own rules. Walt Jockety. <laughs> he had Dilson Herrera, according to some reports, rumors, Dilson Herrera is like the best, one of the best prospects in all of baseball. Key acquisition. The thing, the weird thing about that, if that's true, how how did he not acquire him like years ago? Yeah, you know, like if it's you amazing. like him that much, you could have had him. Like, and he wasn't even like wanted. gonna be in that deal originally, right? It was Nimmo. They dodged. See, they. I think they dodged a huge bullet by getting Herrera over Nimmo because I think Herrera's at least got a chance to be a 
average or above average regular, whereas I think Nimmo's a fourth outfielder. But, I mean, Her- Herrera's still got his detractors. People uh, question the makeup and the Certainly work ethic not a, and the defense. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he can hit. I think that's that's pretty clear. He's always been an advanced for his level. But, like you were talking about with uh, Brandon Phillips earlier, are the Reds going to actually grow a spine and throw some at-bats Herrera's way? I mean, I doubt it. They... They can barely find a, a bats for for Peraza right now. We'll see. It feels like Phillips is just so so secure in in his role. Uh, no, there's no thought to even <laughs> dialing back his bats whatsoever. I, I think manager like nice. I think ownership is just like you know we can't just be paying this guy to sit on the bench. You got to play him. But realize it's a sunk cost already. It's so effing sunk. But look, Herrera currently battling some lower body soreness. Uh, maybe he does come up, though. I don't see him playing that often, but NL only, uh, traditional roto where you start 14 players. Is he a guy maybe you consider there? NL only, yeah. I, th- I think, uh, I mean, the, your options in the middle infield are, are probably pretty pretty scarce right now. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to just watch him a few times and just sort of get a sense for what he might be capable of next year. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to sort of see what the Reds – if anything, are able to do this offseason to kind of clear some lanes for guys like uh, Herrera and Peraza mm. to play every day. Because, I mean, there's no real excuse for those two guys not playing every day coming into next year. No. I think Cozart's probably gone. I can't move Phillips, quite honestly. Uh, but, what a what a blessing well, that was for the Nats. You know, we've, we've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about it on air, but isn't the only move to just not play him to the point that he gets so pissed that he waves yeah. his no trade? Because that's your only leverage is, yep. is oh, you're not going to wave your, no, wave your no trade? Well, we're not going to play you. Yeah. So do you want to just sit here and not play and collect money and have everyone hate you? That's probably what he'd prefer, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least... You know, kind of put him in that in that position because, to me, that by yeah, playing him every business. day, you're this just kind of saying, "Oh, okay, okay, we'll we'll just keep you then." Like, yeah, you tell us when to go to hell. Like that's his will. leverage is the no trade. Your leverage is the at bat. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think he would consider waiving it if he knew that you just weren't going to play him until he waived it. Yeah, look, I know he doesn't want to uproot his family. I get that. I, I respect that. But this is a business, and you don't. You know, he's he's logged the. The service time, he's got that option yeah. to waive it. But I think, you know, when you have that opportunity to go to a contender, you know, clear path for well, some of these young guys on the organization that – in the organization that kind of you made you. You don't have to move your family either. Like that's yeah, – that, I true. mean, a lot of players play in different cities than their family lives. I mean, you're not – how much time are you spending yeah, with your family true. in the season anyways? Yeah, you know, exactly. it's, it's – uh, yeah, it's I mean, it, it, I don't want to – yeah, I'm, I think you make a good point about the move in the family and everything. I mean, that's it's not all just doesn't all just boil down to winning and losing baseball games, but um, you know, I think there's there's ways to go about it. Yeah, I think hopefully they're able to get something also, done or just sit. A, I mean, no sit. offense to the town of Cincinnati, but I mean, there there are better <laughs> big league towns to live in. Yeah, there certainly are. <laughs> Joey Wendell, Rob Refsnyder. Uh, we don't need to talk about. We them, don't need though. to talk about those guys. Third base, nobody really here. But check to see if Joey Gallo is third base eligible. Also, Yuan Moncada could be a guy who who plays third base when he comes up. No real shortstops to mention because they are all already up. Uh, so we'll move on to the outfield and talk about Byron Buxton. He's raking at AAA right now, but uh, is Paul Molitor going to cave and, and find this guy at bats over the final month? Uh, 
I just I don't know. I somebody asked in the comments, would you drop would would you drop Abraham Almonte and add Byron Buxton? And I really wanted to say yes, but I ended up saying just stick with Almonte because look, he's gonna play five or six days a week. Um I'd probably put the you know, even if Buxton has a big month, you know, maybe the same stolen base numbers for those two guys. I just have no idea. I mean, we've seen what Byron Buxton does when he when his playing time is kind of jerked around. I mean, he's not he doesn't make a ton of contact. Uh just seems like they have to play him every day, but obviously they've shown that they, you know, he, he doesn't make enough contact for him to play every day. Uh on a contender. Oh wait, they're not contending. So oh, who cares? Um, but yeah, I, I you gotta consider adding Buxton. I think in in deeper mixers. But uh, I, I'm a little pessimistic about the the playing time. Yeah, same. Now we've talked about you know he was the your number one prospect coming into the year, and you, you have to take what he's done at the major league level into account. Uh, it's it's a body of work you have to look at. But what's the concern level with Buxton long term? Uh, I think it's, it's significant. Um, and I just don't know how much of the struggles are just a player who everyone may be overrated or just a combination of injuries and, uh, poor handling by his organization that have sort of led to him just never really getting into a groove, uh, I mean, he even even when he's been raking at AAA, you know, he has you know typically immediately just been shot right up to the big leagues and then like not gotten steady playing time. It's just it's very hard for someone to kind of perform in in those circumstances, or at least a player his age and with his experience, especially when the thing you have to work on is your approach, like your day to day you know, at bats. It's, and then you're trying to prove yourself right. too. You know, you're pressing a little bit. Right. And yeah, yeah. You're, you're worried that the next time you strike out, you're going to get sent back down yeah. or, or you're going to be out of, off the lineup card the next day. Uh, I think they've done a lot of stuff to kind of mess with his development. That said, they have messed with his development. I don't think you can argue that at this point. And he's a far more risky prospect than I think he was coming into the year. Um, You know, I, it all comes down to sort of how he's being valued in your league. If the person and, and I traded Byron Buxton in a league this year where uh, each team keeps six players. I traded him for uh, Felix Hernandez and Carlos Rodon uh, because I'm contending. I traded him to a a non-contender. I just wanted that pitching and knew that I wasn't going to deploy him at all going forward here. So uh, I think it, made sense for both teams. I mean, that's, that's the type of trade that I would have been advising people to do a few, a month or two ago. Uh, if you're contending this year now, I mean, I think that window's probably closed. If you've held on to him this long, I mean, who are you going to move him for? That's, that's really going to uh, push you over the top down the stretch here. It just kind of comes down to what he's valued at in the off season as to whether you're a buyer or a, a seller on Buxton. I, I still think he's, a guy I'd probably put in a, a top 100 in terms of dynasty league rankings. Um, but he, he probably wouldn't be in the top 50. You really? know? I mean, yeah. I think that there's just enough risk there now that it's hard to, I'm, I still am really, really pulling for him. I think I'm more of a believer than a non-believer. I think if you, especially if you just kind of pull the industry, how many people 
believe in Buxton heading into next year, I'd probably I'd probably come out as a more favorable person there. But I I think you have to recognize that there is some serious uh, serious downside here. Yeah, but still a pretty hard you know, don't sell low right now. Yeah, Just unless you're somebody's still treating him as the top fifty-ish type, especially of if it's a keep forever dynasty league, you know, and you're not, especially uh, not if you're not competing. Yeah, if you're not competing, you can't trade him really, mm-hmm. unless someone just comes to you with a with a big time offer. Uh, you kind of have to you have to buy in. I mean, if you were going to sell on Buxton, the time to sell on Buxton was last off season, not mm-hmm. this off season. So. If you've stuck with him this long, you got to keep sticking with him. Michael Conforto is another guy who's uh, it's been a real struggle with the jump to the major league level this year. It wasn't for for Michael Conforto last year, but uh, the numbers at Las Vegas are great. But you know, the, he's really struggled to get it going at the major league level. But a twelve oh five OPS at Las Vegas, it is a very hitter friendly environment. Who knows if he's going to play regularly when it comes up? Definitely not against left handers. But do you think this team needs his his bat providing that extra thump in that lineup? I mean, they have three of the exact same players in the outfield. They have they have true. three three left-handed left. hitting uh, corner outfielders uh, sprawled across that outfield there, and and Conforto, Conforto, honestly, like after Cespedes, I think is the best of the of the. I think I think Conforto is a better hitter than Granderson and Jay Bruce right now. I just don't think he's going to get the chance to play. Obviously, you talk about those three guys, Cespedes, uh, Granderson, Bruce. An injury wouldn't be surprising. Uh, you know, I, I threw out that Terry Collins getting fired wouldn't be surprising. Uh, you know, the Mets front office sending down a mandate that they play their young players if they fall out of the race. That would actually be surprising to me because it would be very unmets of them. But I mean, I suppose yeah. it's possible. Uh, just Ter- think in Ter- terms of pure pure skill. I think he's one mm-hmm. of the best players that's going to come up uh, this September. Terry Collins would be just ecstatic. I feel like if he got the can, he's been trying to get fired. He's been for a trying. While. Like he's been trying really hard. I think he's just itching to get that can, get that severance. Maybe. Oh man, just chill for a bit. Probably uh, not deal with some of the some of the types in that locker room, but. Uh, one type, certainly a, a guy who's rubbed his teammates the wrong way, Yaziel Puig. And you note here that it's not, you know, his production down at AAA, I see tweets about it all the time, really doesn't matter. Yeah. It's because his his antics are just rubbing everybody the wrong way, teammates and coaches. Uh, you know, there's a chance he's not brought up, I think. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Just because he's kind of a, a cancerous presence. Especially if they've already sort of decided that there's no way he plays his way back into a, you know, a, a four or five starts a week type of role, and they have the depth now, and and guys are performing to the point where they don't need him in that kind of role. What are you really gaining by having him up? Like, mm-hmm. is, is Puig going to be worth having on the team if he's just getting one or two starts a week and just being sending out snaps? Yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, I'm totally with you. I mean, people are just way too overreactive about what he's doing at AAA right now. Like, yeah, he's batting put 400. Who anybody cares? with his skill, you send them yeah. to the PCL for a few weeks and go watch what they do. Like, it's not not surprising at all. Um, I mean, I'm I put him behind Conforto, who I don't think is going to play that much at all. So that kind of tells you where where I see him 
in terms of value down the stretch. A lot of these guys after Buxton are just total just gambles. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe this happens and this happens. It allows them to do this. Uh, Puig, I'm, what do you think happens with him in the offseason? Because I, I, I think even with the widespread uh, clubhouse issues, some team's going to be willing to take him on. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not anywhere near to the price they would have last offseason, but what do you think uh, ends up happening with him? Yeah, I kind of think – I almost think he's just DFA'd. That hasn't happened yet, right? Because I, I think he's just going to DFA him – because I don't think – I think another team will want to bring him in, but I don't think any, any team's going to want to give something up to get him. Mm-hmm. I just – yeah, I think you're right. I If they do trade him this offseason, it's not going to be for much of a package. Mm-hmm. And then – I mean, he's pretty close to just going in that sort of like Milton Bradley-esque sort of run where – you That's know, very true. Remember when Milton was like uh, still like whenever he played, he, he would just rake – and yeah. then like his but then he just throw a tantrum yeah and like, then like that team would just be like oh crap like what do we oh, do like hell. let's get rid of this guy real quick yeah. uh that's a very good comp in terms of career path it seems like or yeah i mean it's it's just hard to envision him like all of a sudden getting it you know mm-hmm. uh, i completely agree joe on to more you know happy subjects joey gallo uh always always love joey gallo big fans of joey gallo here but I don't see where he plays either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's we already talked about Carlos Gomez. It just doesn't seem like uh, even, of course, with with Prince Fielder out for the year, just not a real, at least not an everyday spot for him. Maybe he plays against left-handed pitching. Well, no, I'm sorry, uh, occasionally against right-handers. I think I think he does start like probably two days a week against righties uh, somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, if you're just looking strictly to add home runs in September and you're able to kind of take a guy who maybe hits 220 and is only getting two or three starts a week, I think Gallo is still probably your best bet because I, I think he might hit eight home runs in September if he gets uh, two or three starts a week. So, I mean, he he has to be added. If, if you need home runs in RBI, like – Gallo's your guy, even though you you know he's not going to play close to every day. Uh, the power is just—I mean, it, you can't keep him in the yard. Yeah, absolutely. Quick word from our sponsor, guys. Nobody ever gets in their car thinking I'm drunk, I'm driving, and I'm going to kill someone. They might think I've had a few drinks, but I'm okay to drive, or I only live a few minutes from here, or I've gotten away with this plenty of times before. They think like that right up until the moment they kill someone. Thousands of people are killed in drunk driving crashes every year. It's better to be safe than sorry. Download the free Safe Ride app to help you call a taxi or send a friend to your location when you've been drinking. Drive sober or get pulled over. You mentioned, James, that most of these guys are lottery tickets. you got a lot of starting pitchers listed here. Anybody who, you know, maybe besides Giolito on the starting pitching side that you think maybe could be more than a lottery ticket, maybe a guy you can lean on as a, a pretty reliable option. Uh, no, there's not. Honestly, I I don't even think Giolito is a guy that profiles as someone mm-hmm. who could be reliable. These are all just, I mean, Giolito I think should be owned in a good chunk of formats just because of the upside. Uh, I mean, they're they're going to be starting AJ Cole in theory this weekend. Uh, yeah, that, is it going to be like a tandem piggyback thing? Uh, something like that. I mean, 
that I'd, I'd be lining up uh, whoever they're playing in DFS personally, but um, Giolito's still, he's got, he's 10, 10 and two thirds innings shy of last year's total. So I don't see any reason why they wouldn't keep him throwing. I mean, mm-hmm. he needs to probably eclipse that by 30 or 40 innings, I would think. And that might even mean him going to the AFL. I, I there's no reason not to build that that innings total, you know, at least 30 or 40 innings over what he did last year. So, I mean, he has to keep pitching when the minor league season ends uh, somewhere. Maybe it's out of their bullpen. No, maybe they go for a deep run in the postseason and he's used in like two or three inning relief bursts or something like that. But uh, the upside, I mean, his last start was, was maybe one of his best of the year. So uh, I like Giolito. The rest of these guys, Johanna Mendez is, is a – really interesting prospect for the Rangers who happens to be on their 40 man. Uh, he's probably the, the most exciting. Like if, if all these guys got the call, Mendes would be the one whose start I would most want to see. Uh, but they don't have like an obvious spot to throw him in. I, I think their rotation after Darvish and Hamels is pretty suspect across the board, but those guys are all veterans that they obviously like enough to have been relying on all season. So uh, maybe he doesn't get the call, but if he did, he'd be the one I'd be most excited about. And then <clears throat> just quickly back to the outfielders, Manuel Margot is a guy that uh, is on the 40-man, unlike Hunter Renfro, uh, probably does get the call. I think he's more of a big-league-ready hitter, even though he's three and a half years younger. Uh, and I think he could offer a decent amount of speed. So he's he's a solid lottery ticket as well. A couple of Reds guys I'm excited to see, and Amir Garrett <laughs> and – and Bobby Stevenson, even though look, I'm excited to see Garrett more so. Do you think? Uh, but he I'm might sorry. not even get the call. He though. might not get yeah. the call. He's on the forty man though, so that's big in his favor. But Stevenson's a good guy. You know, he got his major league or made his major league debut early in the year. I thought he might be up last year. Did you hear this thing? Did you see this? Have you heard about this? Uh, about the line of Shields like publicly shaming him no. after his last start. Just a joke. I mean. He's not a little kid, right? He's you know a twenty three year old, but he, I don't think anybody, any major minor league manager, needs to be shaming a young kid for a poor start. Oh, so this was his manager, yeah, shaming him, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's had a rough year. Don't maybe, get me wrong. I mean, maybe he know, needs a fire, but I just don't like the approach. It's no, a tough guy, fake I, tough guy approach. I don't like it either. Uh, I mean, I I don't. Just throwing the kid under the bus. There's just no, um, there's no need for that to be done publicly. Yeah, like I, exactly. I think if he was behind closed doors, whatever. Yeah, uh, I mean, the fact is, we're at 175 innings right now with Stevenson at AAA, and the production has basically Poor. been the same the whole the whole time. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I just don't, I don't know what the next step is from here, other than. I think you can either Bolton. sort of throw him to the wolves in the rotation and give him I mean, they're not going anywhere, maybe give him ten, fifteen starts and just see if something starts coming together for him. Uh or just transition him to a reliever. Maybe even if you transition him to a reliever for like one year, maybe figure something out in that way. I mean, Aaron yeah. Sanchez is a guy who not that long ago, I think most people had sort of written off of ever being a uh, effective major league starter mm-hmm. and that was part of that was because he looked so good in the in the bullpen maybe maybe moving him to the bullpen for a year helps him sort of figure some stuff out with his repertoire and his uh you know try to try to manage those how he's throwing each pitch mm-hmm. and level of effort and everything like that i, I think 
you got to try something because obviously just sending them out start after start at AAA, nothing's really changing. And then trashing them after you just keep doing <laughs> right. that over and over. Well, James, we appreciate your insight. com slash pod for a free 10-day trial. Check out the full article for yourself. We are running a little long, but want to get to these easy E-grades real quick. 20 to 80 scouting scale, lyricism, flow, longevity, impact, swag, and then overall grade. Lyricism, I got a 30, you got a 50. I don't really see the, the argument here for the 50, but <laughs> look, easy E, I guess maybe a rhyme scheme he set out, but the lyrics, really not much to him. No. Hmm. And I'm almost positive he didn't write any of them. Not that that really matters. Mm. Well, if it happened like it happened in Strader Compton, then... Yeah, see, I haven't seen that. He might have written some of them. Okay. But, uh, Dre didn't write his or something, right? Well, Dre, Dre's never... I don't think Dre's ever written it. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think I think easy. I think... I think people would probably take exception to the idea that Easy didn't write his lyrics. I mean, who else Maybe could have not. written some of those lyrics? I mean, they were just so crude and uh, yeah, that's true. Like he kind they're of they're like too smart though. He kind of invented misogynistic rap. Like yeah, he was kind true. of uh, at the forefront of that. Um, he had some great songs, but just the it was more so about flow to me and the beat than ever than it was about lyricism i mean the the lyrics on give me that nut are pretty solid um (laughs) real mf and g is too um yeah i mean i i i think i think on certain tracks i think i i like the lyrics i mean i think that they're just very sort of raw and they're pretty raw you know i'll give you that i don't know (laughs) I, Look, I, I mean, can see, I can see bringing it from a fifty to a forty. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I, it's, I think you're a little too hard. So much subjectivity here. I got a thirty, <laughs> but uh, I'll make up for it with the seventy flow. You got a sixty flow. Uh, I've been generous with the flow grades, but I really think easy. Uh, maybe not an eighty, and maybe it's kind of simple, but rhyme scheme and his ability to to ride a beat and really kind of you know pimp out a song just by even with kind of simple lyrics it really speaks to that flow very unique yeah yeah no doubt uh his his flow on like straight out of compton and 100 miles of running and easy street i mean he's yeah he's just got a ton of ton of great flows i think that's a great way of kind of putting it just sort of riding the beat and uh yeah i I think i give him a 60 i understand the 70 a lot more and i understand the the 30 for the lyricism but uh yeah i mean i think the flow. I'm 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 almost surprised at at the way you're handing out flow grades that you didn't throw an eighty on that. <laughs> Look, it's a it's a <coughs> heck of a flow, but not quite not quite eighty grade as far as I'm concerned. Longevity. I got a fifty five. Of course, uh, deceased now. Rest in peace. Easy, uh, but still remembered today and remembered very fondly. Oh yeah. Uh, and of course, well, this is also kind of factoring with impact, which we both have eighties. You know, helped helped mold ruthless records and, and bone thugs. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I, I gave forty for longevity just because of the, you know, the solo. I mean, I think he, he probably only like ten or twelve solo tracks that anyone really remembers, and you know, obviously the, the, the untimely death and everything uh, contributes to that. The impact, I think, is an easy eighty. <clears throat> I didn't even think about uh, ruthless actually when I was when I was putting that eighty out there, just because I think he. Uh, was one of the really crucial figures in sort of uh, 
gangster rap becoming a, a thing yeah, and misogynist <clears throat> and I, I think there are still people that like you know you'll hear like a, a really misogynistic like too short or cameron song or something like that and it's like it's from the easy e playbook of yeah. misogynistic rapping oh um, yeah he not wrote that, that, that should playbook. be like necessarily celebrated but i no. mean it, it is what it is and it's it's a big part of, of, of hip-hop, hip-hop and, yeah exactly um i mean he was he was the best at it i think that was well put swag i got a 60 you got a 65 um you know there was that beef with him in, in death row they kind of did him dirty with the, what was that video uh, uh gin and juice with dre day was it? yeah it was dre day good call Oh, they did him dirty there. Look, I they, still dude, think this is a, a swaggy guy. You listen to some of the yeah. lyrics on the Chronic when yeah. they're just going after, uh, Easy. after Easy. Um, Easy got him back. I mean, but still, he got him back. But yeah, they, they went. I I felt like they almost crossed the line a little yeah, bit they did. Uh, on some of that. Uh, but you the know, Dre Day video too is just so ruthless. Yeah, no pun intended. Now. I gave him a 65 just because I think of that whole crew, like on MWA, back in their heyday, I think he had the most swag of the entire group like, mm-hmm. um, in the NWA days. And then obviously after NWA, everyone kind of passed him up, you know, I think mm-hmm. in that in that regard. But still, I think, you know, a swaggy guy at the peak of his powers. Absolutely. Very fondly remembered, of course, a hip-hop icon, really. I got a 55. You got a 60 overall. James, thank you. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll be back with you guys next week. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.